Okay, great. Praise God. Good evening, everyone. Um, children, you are dismissed to your Sunday school classrooms. Jared was waiting for me to say that. It was like ready to jump. <laughs> Along with the Sunday school teachers. Let's give the praise team another round of applause. Great job. Um, we're going to continue with our, our series here. Um, our mini-series in our big series, <laughs> Book of Ephesians. Uh, the mini-series, which is the full armor of God. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of... Uh, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of recap for everybody. But before that, as John, John John makes this, uh, puts this together for us. Uh, <clears throat> Bong was a part of... Uh, Bong, when he was in grade school, did you guys hear that when he was a part of a Quizby in the whole Philippines? Yeah, I think he was around... He was around 10 years old when he was part of this. It was a spelling bee mixed with a little bit of, you know, grade school stuff. And uh, so the question was, the question was, okay, um, who can finish this sentence? And it was, old MacDonald had a blank. My first guy buzzed in, you know, somebody from uh, Baguio. He says... uh, (laughs) He said, duck. Let's name him Andres. Vince is a guy. <laughs> Andres said, duck. <laughs> the contestants immediately, and then the, the, the host says, no, I'm sorry, Andres, that's, it's not a duck. Um, and then there was another contestant now from, from the Visayas. Hit the buzzer. And let's name him Bobby. <laughs> I'm trying to not name anybody who's, you know, same name as anybody. Bobby said, Old MacDonald had a farm. So the host says, Correct. Now spell farm. Bobby said, F A R M E. Oh, the audience went, Oh. And the host went, oh, I'm sorry. But the spelling is wrong. Then they went to, to Bong. They said, Bong. 500 pesos, 500 pesos, and his mom needed the money. Bong said, Lord, help me, help me. All right, Bong, it's for you to win. Do you know the answer? Bong says, yes, I know. Again, the question is, old MacDonald had a blank, right? So Bong said, since he heard farm, he just needs to spell it correctly now, right? So he said, old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> All right, so now Bong is very Filipino. He's full of excuses, <laughs> full of palosots, right? So, all right, I entitled our message The Full Armor of God, which is the part two, but I actually titled it Shoes of the Gospel of Peace. Now, if you hear shoes these days, you hear about everything, right? You hear Jordans, right? You, you think about Jordans, you think about... Uh, expensive. You think about Imelda Marcos, right? The shoe collection. Um, uh, because now we're on the verse 15 of Ephesians. So let me read that and then we'll, we'll say a word of prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 17. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. 
for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the songs that you've given to us tonight. We thank you for this evening that you blessed us with. We thank you for your sovereign hand bringing us here safe and sound. We thank you for your sovereign will, Lord God, choosing us to be part of your family, adopting us, Lord God, because of your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you now, Lord God, as we are here to listen to your message now. I pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us, to open the eyes of our hearts and our minds. Father, reveal to us everything and anything that you want us to accept, learn, and be. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, about us hinder you from speaking to us and us accepting your message. All these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Now, over the last several weeks, uh, the subject of spiritual warfare and the need of the full armor of God has been our focus. Uh, we know that we are not supposed to take the fight to the devil. Remember? And we know that we are to put on the full armor of God and stand firm. Now, my question to everybody that's been following and listening and attending and actually listening, are you putting on the full armor of God and are you standing firm? Now, we are told that after we... We are told that after we put on the full armor of God, we are to stand firm. Stand firm from what? The attacks of the enemy. And we've been studying, we've been learning, right, that, that Satan is in control of things here in this world that is actually always after us. Correct? The society, the fashion, uh, everything in, in TV, uh, social media, everything is against the believer, for the believer to, to be defeated, for the believer to be derailed. Everything. Everything. That is why we're told to put on the full armor of God. So last week, we, we were trying to talk about it one piece at a time. Uh, last week, we spoke about two, the belt of truth and the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. And tonight, we're going to look at the shoes, the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. Uh, but before that, um, I'm going to do a recap, then we're going to play the video, okay? Can we get to the recap? Uh, the recap from last week, for those of you who weren't here, uh, and for those of you who were here, this is um, a, good, um, for you, a good thing for you to remember. Uh, first was the days are evil. Uh, in verse 13, put on the full armor. That's why we have to put it on. Paul says to stand, stand in the midst of evil days. For evil days are here and evil days will come. The only way we can stand the attacks is by having God's full armor and that we have to put it on. Because it's there, it's available for us. But most of us, sometimes, for most of the time or often, we don't put it on. The second is the belt of truth. That was in verse 14a. Uh, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The armor starts with the truth, for, it, for without it, everything else unravels, correct? The belt puts the armor together. The soldier's tunic was loose-fitting, and without a belt, he could be tripped up and fall in battle. 
So it is with our Christian walk. It is truth that brings us to Christ, confessing that we are sinners, receiving His grace and forgiveness, pledging to live our life forever under His authority. Without truth, we cannot move forward in our walk as believers because our faith becomes a lie. Gather up your life, girding it, keeping it tightly gathered together with truth because God is truth. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the third is the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus Christ is righteousness. Without Christ, no one is right. For the Bible says that we all have sinned and fall short of all our potential. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and have done, done wrong in our life. When we put on Christ, when we allow Him to be the Lord of our life, then we accept His righteousness. And then we protect ourselves from Satan, the accuser of believers. He is then stripped off from truthful accusations when Christ is our breastplate. When we are living a righteous life and a holy life through Jesus. Those are the recap of last week. So tonight, again, we're back to the shoes. The, what is the gospel of, what is the shoes of the gospel? Now, every shoe, every pair of shoes has a purpose, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the purpose of, um, for the single guys here that buy Jordans, I think the purpose of, the sing, of, of Jordans for them, especially if you don't play basketball, is to attract the opposite sex. <laughs> it's to show off, to make it look like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing Jordans. For the guys that wear Crocs, I think you want to remain single. <laughs> no, I'm joking. My kids have, my kids have Crocs. Um, no, but uh, shoes have purpose. They have purpose. I hated it when my mom would always buy me and my siblings the, the first day of school. Because the, in, in the Philippines, the first day of school, it's always rainy season. And boy, do I hate it when she brings out the rain boots. We call it the botas. I'm like, Ma, I'm not going to wear that. And she goes, it's raining. You need it. I go, but yeah, but the kids are going to make fun of me. You know, but that's the purpose. And then when I wear my, my other shoes and, I, and then it gets wet and my socks get wet and then my feet stink, you know, then my mom says, see, I told you, wear the botas. But shoes have purpose, right? We think, I used to think that if I buy an expensive basketball shoes that I would end up playing like Michael Jordan. It never really worked, but I really spent that money. <laughs> but here's a video, if we're ready. A person who was wearing good track and field shoes, but I don't know if it worked out for her. Let's play that video, John John. Now, uh, this girl is kind of like me when I, became a, when I became a pastor. The first hurdle is a division, and then I get up again, and then the second one is a silent division. <laughs> and then the third one will be COVID. <laughs> There's always challenges. The point is this. It's not because, so the per- first purpose is for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Now, Roman soldiers wore leather shoes which had spikes, hobnails in the sole of the shoe so they could keep, they could keep them, their footing. 
so that they can stand firm. Footwear provides protection, support, traction, and comfort for our feet. Now, the Roman soldiers, they wore thick-soled sandals and were comfortable enough so the soldier could march up to 20 miles in them. Now, they have to be combat-ready. They were combat-ready enough that the soldier had a firm footing when he was in the hand-to-hand combat. Because that's how they battled before, right? I, I know you've all watched those movies that depicted these things. They wore brass shin guards that went from uh, knee-high down to the ankles. Now, together, they protected the soldiers' feet. Those soldiers stepped in and out of rocky areas and walked through thick brush that would have ripped up their legs. Now, this protection, the the shoes, um, kept them combat-ready at all times. Now, it may seem strange to consider shoes to be part of our armor, the armor of God. But can you imagine going to war without shoes? Now, I remember Alonzo when he used to play football. Uh, we went to Hawthorne, Nevada, and he was the quarterback in his team. And uh, it was grass. And uh, Alonzo forgot to bring his cleats. So, without the proper shoes in, on that grass field, Alonzo kept slipping down, and he couldn't, he couldn't play the way he could have played. Uh, John, John, do you have the, the slide for the picture? Now, here's a picture of a fire, the fireman's, fireman's shoes with their trousers. So, I don't know if you guys have ever thought about it, but one of the, the, the thoughts that I have had about fire, firemen was like, do you know, do they sleep with their shoes on? Because, right, because I, I know that they sleep in the station and then they slide down that pole, right? So I always wondered, man, are, are they wearing their shoes while they're sleeping? Because how are they supposed to slide on that thing? But these shoes are, are, are needed because it protects them from heat. And I have a friend who fought in, well, he, he, he was a fireman in one of the forest fires in California before, and he said the ground was very hot, that if you didn't wear these shoes, you will get hurt. But the point of this one is, so when the firemen jump in to their shoes, and that's when they pull up their trousers. So after they slide down that thing, they jump in there, and then they get in. So if it's important in the spiritual life, when we get into battles, when we do things, with our shoes. When you play golf, you have to wear golf shoes. When you play basketball, you got to wear basketball shoes. Why is it that it just makes perfect sense, right? That when we put on the full armor of God, it has to, there has to be a shoe part of that armor. And that shoe is, the shoe is for stability so that we can stand. Because the whole point of Paul is telling us that we are to stand firm. That's in verse 11. Standing firm against the attacks. It gives us good footing. And then the next one is, the other one is mobility. Because without shoes, it'll be hard. You can, you can walk. But then with the, with the field being rough the way it is, you will just get hurt. So shoes are for the standing and the moving. 
Um, but the question is, what is the shoes of the gospel of peace? The what is the gospel of the what is that the gospel of peace is actually not a matter of what, but it's a who. The who is Jesus Christ. Being a Christian is not about fighting. It's about peace. It's about peace. The gospel, the good news, it's about Jesus Christ. He is about peace as much as He is peace. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our firm foundation. Knowing the Word of God, understanding the Bible, those are the spikes, if I may. Those are the spikes in our shoes that hold us firmly in place. When the storms of life hit us, it pushes us, tries to knock us down when temptations and the times that you are being tried and tested, and maybe you have failed, is the shoes, it's the gospel of peace, the shoes of the gospel of peace is the one that should make you continue to stand firm even if you're getting hit and pushed. Luke 2.13 reads, And suddenly there was an angel Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There has never been in the earth, there's never been peace in the earth. It's always been wars. There's always wars, there's always battles. But on the night Christ was born, peace was on earth. Amen? I know we only hear this, sadly, on Christmas time. That's why we're only peaceful during Christmas time. Why? Because we want to get our gifts. <laughs> and then we tell our kids, okay, sige, sige, sige. You have no gifts for you. Be salvaje. <laughs> no, but the peace of God came when Jesus came. And only the true peace through Jesus is what we're talking about here. The gospel of peace is Jesus Christ. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. He poured out His wrath, God the Father, poured out His wrath on Jesus, God the Son, so that we can have peace with Him. Now Satan wants to wear us out Satan wants us to wear strife. Satan wants us to be fighting. Satan, Satan wants us to have turmoil in our lives. Satan does not want peace. Satan wants war. God wants us to wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. What's the purpose? The purpose of the shoes of the gospel. Now, shoes are necessary to protect our feet. I said that earlier. It allows us to walk on different terrains without hurting ourselves. A soldier without shoes would not be able to focus on battle because he would have to watch every step he took. The nails in his boots were driven into the ground to help the soldier stand firm. Now, spiritually, we need to be ready to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we are. This is now the mobility. The Word of God will destroy the enemy and others will see the power of God. We also need to stand firm in God. The peace of God holds us down to stand firm in Him. You see, the peace of God is the one that will hold us down. 
so that we can stand firm in Him. Isaiah 52, 7 reads, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. Now, are you one of those beautiful people that brings the good news to a dying world? Now, you are all beautiful, but are you beautiful with that gospel that you're bringing it to the lost world? Now, we can all be that. The Bible says that the field is ripe for harvest and the call has gone out for laborers to work in the field. But are we doing it? How many times this week did you actually try, intentionally try to share the gospel with someone? How many times did you actually move out of your comfort zone and share to your coworker, look, I know gas is high. Higher, but God is good. God will provide. You want to know how I can trust Him that way? There's so many springboards right now that we can take the conversation from point A to Jesus. There's so many instability right now. There's so much chaos in the world that we can actually say, Yeah, I see that. That's such a that's so traumatic. That's so sad. That's unfortunate. But you know what? I have peace. You know why I have peace? Because I have Jesus. You know, a farmer will tell you that the harvest is not forever. When it comes, you must act swiftly, for there is a day when the harvest ceases and no more will be brought in. So it is with the farmer. So it is with the kingdom of God. One day God will say, enough. And as the door of the ark closed, leaving the rest of the world to its destruction, so it is one day the doorway to heaven will close. Now we all have our friends and our families that we truly care about, that we truly love, that we know that don't have Jesus in their lives. That we know this too, that we are the only Christian that they have in their life. But how many times... How many times have we said, I'll just stand firm in Jesus. <laughs> I will not move with the gospel of peace. That's wrong. The moving part is greatly needed because when you're not moving, you've actually fallen into the trap of Satan to make you useless in the kingdom of God. You became a Christian so that you can be adopted into the family of God. True. You became a Christian because you were a sinner. You needed a Savior. True. Becoming a Christian brings us to heaven. True. But becoming a Christian means that we have this gift. We have this gift. A cure for cancer. A cure for cancer. And we know that the world out there is dying. Without Jesus, they will die. But we don't do it. We don't do it. We say, ah, not me. Don't me. <laughs> you know, um, there's an illustration here. Um, the Institute of American Churches, American Church Growth, asked 10,000 people this question. What was responsible for your coming to Christ and this church? The answers were, I had a need 
That's 3%. I just walked in, 3%. I like the preacher, 6%. That's not here. <laughs> and then uh, I am just visiting, 1%. I like the Bible study, 5%. I attended the gospel meeting, 5%. I like the programs, 3%. And look at this. 79% said a friend or relative invited me. Now, if you don't like that answer, <laughs> or if you like that answer, or if you were one of these people that were invited, and then you became a Christian, and you became saved, if you were one of them, don't you think it's just right that you do the same? Or does the gospel die with you? Does it? Now, now tell me, how does God get His gospel out to those that need it? How? Facebook, Pastor. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Well, that could be true. That could be the medium. But it really happens through us, His people. Because, you know, I just found this out. There are many posts on, on social media, and I'm really hoping that the young people here are, are strong enough or are, we're guiding the young people to be strong. Uh, there's a lot of materials there in, in the social media that are giving false doctrines, are teaching our children false doctrines. So parents, yeah, be aware. You got to be aware of these things, right? Uh, one post that I saw was saying, oh, Jesus did not really say that he's the only way to, to God, then he quotes the verse and then misinterprets the verse. Now pretend if you were just a 12-year-old watching that and nobody else in the house told you about otherwise. Then it becomes relative, right? Then, then, then what? The responsibility Christians for Christian church and for, for the world to continue to accept Jesus or to know about Jesus belongs to us. The burden belongs to us. Almost 8 out of 10 will come from an interest in someone inviting them to go to church. That's a huge number. Now, the burden of that truth falls on all of us. Now, shoes also represent the fact that we are prepared for travel to share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever our feet take, takes us. To be ready to give a defense of the gospel. That's 1 Peter 3.15. And that's here. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear. If we are wearing, wearing the full armor of God, the one piece in that equipment is the shoes of the gospel that will tell us to share it. To share what we have. To move. If we are to stand against the attacks of the enemy, we are to be wearing all of it and we are to be using all of it. Right? If you're wearing it, then you're using it, correct? But it's only the shoes of the gospel that really makes us mobile. To move. Now, Christian, Christians, think about it. It's the second half of the year. It's July 3. How many times did you share the gospel this year? 
to how many people did you talk to this year about Jesus and your faith with Jesus? I love our life. I love it because we have the peace, right? We have the peace. No matter how much, tro- how, how much trouble the world is in, our country is in, we can say, the Lord got me. He is with me. And with that, I have peace. That's true. I love that too. But we are told to share the gospel. Our life as Christians is not, it's just not to enjoy the blessings of God that we have. Our health, our loved ones, our church, our faith. But we, we, we're not just to keep that to ourselves. We are to share it. Now, there's plenty of reasons why we will not or why we're not sharing the gospel. I think I've heard all of it. And I think I've said most of it and used it. Now, we have to stop doing that. We have to stop doing it. Because again, that's us falling into the trap of the enemy. And we don't even realize it. When we have stopped sharing the gospel, we have now lived a life of apathy. We have lived a life, we are living a life of apathy. I don't care if this person in front of me does not have Jesus. I don't care. We're not saying it that way because it's so cold, right? It's so cold-blooded. It hurts our heart even thinking about it, but that's kind of what we're doing if we're not sharing the gospel. Now, in, somebody will also say, well, it's just too much. I don't know much, and it's too much to share. Now, I hope these words from the Apostle Paul will encourage you, if that is you. Because he said, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Is that hard to share? To share the crucifixion of Jesus? We've heard it many times. You've heard it many times. The reason why you accepted Jesus is because you know you're a sinner and you needed a Savior. And the only way that for you to be saved was there, was a, there should be a perfect sacrifice. And it was Jesus crucified. You can repeat that, right? Because if it, for us, that means a lot, right? Anything that means a lot to us makes an impact in, on us. We remember it. The memories when, in, when we were younger, right? When we were in elementary school and remember a bully that was bothering us, we will remember even their first and last name. For me, it was Ernel Abillera. <laughs> this guy, I'm telling you, we were in second grade, and this guy had a six-pack. And we were in the Philippines, but I really thought he was half American, half black kid, you know. I'm like, wow, this guy is buff. And he would just love picking on me because of my first name being Jojit. That rhymes with, never mind. <laughs> so it was always this guy, and I always saw him. And this is, this is, this is to relate to... to and Jesus came, right? Jesus came. So the bully is the sin. Bully is Ernel. So I couldn't handle Ernel. The, when he punches me, it, it brings me to tears. Because <laughs> he was just too strong for me. So I made friends with the bigger kids in the bigger grades, in the higher grades. And I bribed them enough candies to help me handle this bully. 
This happened when I was in second year high school, though. <laughs> it was many years later when I finally had my time with Ernel. <laughs> Ernel Abilera. If he's watching. <laughs> no, no, we're friends now on Facebook. On Facebook. But um, it, it, it's, just like, it's just like Jesus, right? The sin is the bully in our life. Satan is the bully in our life. Continues to bother us, takes away our peace, continues to hurt us, continues to ruin our day. We don't even want to see them, right? When we're walking down the hall, you're like, oh, girl, it's here. He's here. Here we go again. But Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to save us from that bully, from that situation. You see, you can share the gospel in that manner. You can use those experiences that you have and make it as an illustration, an application, as you share Jesus to the people that you care about, to the people that God brings along your way. Paul says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Uh, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. How can they believe if no one tells them? I'm going to be saying a lot of verses. If you know the Bible, you know they are verses. How can they hear if no one has any, uh, if no one has enough compassion to tell them? You know, the mandate is clear. The command is clear. Go and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 19. Preach the gospel. As my Father has, has sent me, I am sending you. John 20, 21. The purpose and the proper use of the shoes of the gospel of peace is us spreading the good news of Jesus Christ everywhere and anywhere that we are. Easy enough, right? Now, we don't have to be missionaries, although some of us are called to be missionaries to share the gospel. The people that are called to share the gospel to the Muslim nations, you are just not to share the gospel when you get to the Muslim nation. You are to share the gospel while you're here in the American nations. Now, we have to take this quick side note as I conclude our message here. The difference between peace with God and the peace of God. Now, peace with God comes to you as you become a child of God. And your relationship is made right. And that's in Romans 5.1, one, one of them. There's a lot. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the peace of God comes as you put on the armor of God and you use God's peace as a weapon to fight off the enemy. That's verse, that's in Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called. Now church, the devil will try to distract, distract you, derail you from your walk with God. Or try to cause you to stumble in the abundant life that God has promised us. That is all that he can do now, really. Because God has won the war for us. Satan can just bring us to battles, these little battles that we have. It's all distractions, really. But it's still painful, though. 
Now, Jesus has won the war, but we have to fight our battles. The battles that we have, that, that will come our way, are from the evil one who uses the world. There is little that he can do when you have the peace of God working in your life. Imagine, right? They, they say, how do you handle a bully? You ignore them. That's what they say. Unless they're punching you, it's really hard to ignore that, right? <laughs> Those times when the enemy distracts us and derails us, he cannot move us when our feet is planted firm in the foundation of God's word and in his peace, which is the gospel, the shoes of the gospel of peace. We are all going through something. I don't know what exactly some of you are going through. I know some. But we're all going through something, including me and my family. Now, that is when we have to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Now, there will be dark moments, but knowing that the full armor of God has been provided by our Lord and the instruction to put them on is what we need to do every single time. Every single time. We have to be putting on the full armor of God every single time. Not only in the dark moments, especially in the dark moments, but not only in those moments. Every time. When times are good, put on the full armor of God. When times are bad, even more put on the full armor of God. Amen? Amen. The armor of God. Let me close with this again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Amen? That is our message tonight. Praise God. Thank you for your patience. Uh, as the music team make their way up here, um, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you have not accepted Him as your Lord, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you have been attending our church and the Lord has impressed in your heart to become a part of it, Please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, you're going through something and you need our prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Uh, join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the gospel of peace, Lord God, that is you. We thank you for the peace that you've given us and the peace that we stand with you. Father, help us remember this truth, Lord God. In the times this week that we'll be struggling, we'll be attacked, Lord God, I pray that you will just speak to us in our hearts and in our minds, knowing that we can stand the attacks of the enemy. Because in you, we have peace. No matter what the outside circumstances are, we know that we have you with us, and that should be plenty, Father. Help us, Father. I pray for the relationships in this building, Lord God. I pray for reconciliation, Lord God, for broken relationships. 
I pray for the stress, Lord God, that's affecting any and all families. I pray, Father, for health for those who are sick. I pray for your help, Lord God, for those who need your rescue, whether it's a struggle in sin or a struggle in life. Father, I pray for protection for all the families that are here. I pray that you protect them from the attacks of the enemy. I pray for every couple, Lord God, that they will be strong in you, Father. I pray, Father God, for every single person that they will be strong in you. And I pray, Father, for all the children, Lord God, that they will be strong in you. Father, I know, Lord God, that in this church you told us to, to know you, to become like you, and to make you known. I pray, Lord God, that the burden for the lost will be in all of our hearts, Lord God, and that when we are wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace, we're not only standing our ground when attacks happen, but we'll also be moving forward to share that peace to the dying world. All these things we ask in your Son's sweet and mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen.